0: This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures! Uh, half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy!
1: <laughs> this episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Time Traveling Team. I'm Paddy. Each week, Paul and Dan do a fantastic job guiding us through the wide world of movies and TV shows. Meanwhile, my co-host Trisha and I are taking a trip through the time vortex and discussing the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey world of Doctor Who. Starting back from the earliest adventure in 1963, we're discussing the stories, the Doctor, the companions and the villains of this iconic show. You can find us at Time Team on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now sit back, relax and enjoy as Paul and Dan do their thing, half-measure style. Kia ora, welcome to Half Measures Podcast, episode number 34, with me, Paul Kanawa, and the co-host of the year, Dan Whiting. Kia ora, Paul, great to be back. Isn't it just, it's, sometimes it goes really fast, it feels like it's been a long time since we did a podcast, but it's, it's only been seven days. I don't know what's like for the listeners, but for me it feels like a long time.
0: It's funny, yeah. It does feel like it's been a while, and I was just looking back over some of our older episodes. Um, to see actually to see whether we were repeating one of our peak performances, and I like, it feels like just yesterday we were recording some of those, but at the same time,
1: it was years ago. Yeah, literally years ago, right? Yeah, time time flies when you're recording podcasts. That's that's what happens. So uh, so yeah, there's a there's a fair few things to to talk about today. I'm quite excited about this podcast. I've even made some notes, which is you know most unlike me. It's like you, Paul. You're mm. not very organised at all. That's what they say.
0: I feel um, I need to acknowledge for the the listeners. I ha- I haven't come in hot with an intro today. That's that they're probably they're probably feeling a little bit out of sorts.
1: Yeah, and they're probably thinking, you know, this is Dan to Paul being unorganised. He never comes in with an intro, so now Dan doesn't do his.
0: I think the thing is, is I've been thinking about these intros, and I really need to now narrow them down into mm. a short, pithy sentence that uh, su- that summarizes my introduction for you. And I, I just, it's not quite ready. It's not quite ready.
1: Okay, well, you can tinker away on that in the background, and the listeners will be keenly awaiting that. So, Dan, I'm going to hand this to you, and I'm going to ask you... Uh, to tell the listeners, what have you been watching this week?
0: Well, what have I been watching? So, been watching a few things, a uh, few movies, few TV shows. Haven't finished all of them, but um, plugging away. So, carrying on my journey on Killing Eve. So, just about finished season two of that. Really hopped in now. It's I'm loving it even more. Um, I'm. I love uh, uh, Vill- Villanani, Is that how I say her name?
1: Vill- uh, oh goodness me! Vill- Villanelle. So, Villanelle.
0: Vill- Villanelle. Villanelle. Classic. Classic. Daniel Whiting move to get that name screwed up. Right. Um, Villanelle. Uh, such a great character. I love how dark she is and how much of a psychopath she is. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said last week, I really Care for her as a character, and I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the season goes. And I think we'll definitely be jumping straight into season three. So I've got about two episodes of uh, season two to go. Nice.
1: I think I enjoyed the first season more than the second myself, and then I thought the third season jumped back up. So that's that's real interesting that you've you've sort of sort of peaking in the second season there.
0: Yeah, I think the, the first season is probably overall uh, I'm, I'm a tighter package. But I think that the, I'm enjoying – I think I'm just enjoying the, the fleshing out of the characters hmm. and just seeing where some of the storyline is going. It's interesting I see that each season is actually headed up by a, a different um, writer. Correct, director. yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, I noticed that as well. Um and it does get it does give a slightly different flavour as you go through, but um, those core characters, the the main two, are, are great. But I also really enjoyed that Constantine, you know, the the handler guy. Oh, great! great I, I find character. I find him hilarious.
0: Mm. I I just love uh, Villanel's rawness. Like there's a there's a scene in the episode I watched last night where she's sitting on a, a bridge in Amsterdam. She's wearing this really bright, vibrant like. She, over the top pink dress, and someone comes up to her and says, "Can can I take a photo for Instagram?" And she's just like, looks at them like, "No, like, why, why would I let you do that?" And you could tell if if someone took that photo, she would one hundred percent kill them. Yeah, um, and just her her straight up honesty, it's it's so good. So good.
1: I love all the different accents she does as well. Really, really convincing, right?
0: Definitely. Well, she's kind of got like a bit of a almost like a, a childlike charm. Mm, um, that's right. In, in the way that she she looks at people and. And talks to them, but she's obviously a a, a very dark and disturbed and, and kind of a um, emotionless person as well,
1: which mm. is which is great. I also I've, I've I've watched her in an interview, and she's actually Scouser, which is the most extraordinary. So like a, a full Liverpool accent in real life, and it's so different to everything else she does in the show. It, it's really it's really strange.
0: Paul, you would of course remember her as well from the Rise of Skywalker.
1: Correct. Yes the the mother. Of, uh, of Ray. Oh, a shocking cameo. At the time, I was like, wow, that, that kind of took me out of the universe just for a moment, but uh, it's great. I love
0: it. As soon as Samara said to me, oh, she was in The Rise of Skywalker, it, I instantly, Ray's mother. I, mm. I don't know why, but it's sort of been a great trivia question. Mm-hmm. I, I was really hoping to stump you with it, but too easy.
1: Too easy. Too man. easy. Damn it.
0: Um, I've been watching a few other things. So we had the final episode of The Boys. Um, this week just gone. So, awesome. So awesome. This is a great TV show, and I know that I'm always banging on to you, Paul, about watching this one, but I think this uh, is such a quality show, and I think they really go for the outrageous shock factor in season one. and season two, it's a little bit slower paced, a little bit more story focused, but they, I think what they do is they Everything kind of has a, a meaning and it's all kind of heading towards a, a point. And even though it is a little bit slower,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's so well done. Anthony Starr is awesome. Kyle Urban is awesome. Jack Quaid's awesome. Like this Aaron Moriarty. It's, it's such a a stellar cast and I, I, I just can't wait for season three. Um it's been I've actually kind of enjoyed having it drip fed to me the first like three episodes up the up front and then one episode uh, each week. I think, you know, like we talked about with Walking Dead the other day, that's the way to do it. Like three episodes is enough to kind of hock you in, and then you can kind of sustain yourself over the next few weeks. But if you haven't finished watching The Boys, definitely get amongst it. If you haven't started The Boys, get on it. It's on Amazon Prime. There's another season coming next year. It's one to watch.
1: Yeah, I just saw that season three is coming next year. This is one I think I mentioned to you that Diane and I got halfway through. Same with The Watchman. And I just have this real problem. I think I need to go and see a doctor or something. If I start something and then I get distracted by something else and then I go and watch something else, I have this real problem coming back to saying that's halfway through. I don't know why I'm always looking at my list and thinking, Oh, I want to start something new and I don't want to go. And I don't know what it is. I just need to, I really need to actually get a hold of myself and just sit down because the ratings look fantastic. You're constantly raving about it. You're obviously on some sort of marketing sponsorship deal with Amazon prime as well. You know, you're really talking this show up. I've got to get, get back to this and back to the watchman. So, yeah,
0: I would love for you to go, like go back, start it again, Um, and get back into it because it would be great to do a bit of a a deep dive into it. It's one of those shows that I feel like I'm being quite vague in my praise for it because I want you to watch it and enjoy it and not have sort of things ruined for you. And I Mm -hmm. think it's a, it's a show where even if you follow the the Instagram account, so as soon as the show's live, they're out there posting stuff about it. So it's really easy to um, to be caught off guard. But I think one of my favourite things about the show is um, is Carl Urban, who plays Bully Butcher, yeah. his use of the word "see you next Tuesday." He has got <laughs> it on lock, and it's, it's you know it's, it's a word that is um, you know can be can be pretty hard on television, mm-hmm. uh, but the way that they do it is is perfect.
1: I think as you know, as someone who was originally from from Wellington, like ourselves here in New Zealand, I think you know we should be so proud of that, right?
0: Definitely, we've got, or well, we, even just from New Zealand, right? Like, we've got two, the two stars of the show are from New Zealand, which is incredible.
1: Oh, of course, Anthony Starr, yeah, of course, yeah. Outrageous Fortune, of course.
0: Uh, right, yeah, Outrageous Fortune. Also, uh, Banshee, another great show that he's in. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And I, I saw a Uh, uh, facebook post actually saying that in season three um his character is going to be let me if I got the words here he's been given two words to describe what his character is going to be in season three homicidal maniac and if you've seen any of the boys or a little bit of it or haven't seen any it's going to be wild so expect a lot of fun with that one
1: Nice. Yeah, I think look, with those two New Zealand leads, I I need to know that's that's it. That's that's what I need to, to pull me back in. I think
0: I'm putting it on your. This is your your half measures performance plan. I think we need to we need to get this get this in. We need to put a plan around it. We need to make it happen, Paul. This,
1: this is this no, is such a complicated. No more half measures. No more no more empty promises. Yeah, it's it's such a complicated organizational structure at half measures because you know I'm constantly trying to keep the social media manager on track with their objectives for the year you're trying to keep me on track who's keeping you on track Dan that's what I want to know I can't be managed I'm unmanageable I'll, I'll second that
0: and I've also been watching I actually watched a, a movie as well this week I finally this is a movie that's been a long time on my watch list Ford versus Ferrari so a movie that came out in, in 2019, uh, but starring uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale, John Bonito, a whole bunch of um, I, I, my favorite actors. I'm sure some of those guys um, are pretty high on your mm. list as well, Paul. Definitely. This is a this is a movie that I wanted to see in the theaters and never quite got round to it. And then uh, COVID happened, and I've been meaning to hire it for ages, and it's just recently come out on. Um, neon one of the subscription services in new zealand and i love this movie way more than i ever thought would be possible i knew i was going to enjoy it but i i guess when the sort of the car racing component i i wasn't sure what i was kind of in for but mm-hmm. i think the cast the acting the soundtrack the the effects it's it's an absolute must watch you know we talk about those movies that What Are You Gonna Watch With Your Parents? Mm. This is one of those movies. I, I my dad would love this film. It's it's so well told. It's really hooks you in. It gets you interested in, in the history. I love, you know, I love a good um true story. Mm. It's it's just got all the makings of greatness. And I think I know it's won a few awards and I, I think it deserved every one of them. It's if you haven't seen it, another movie that I definitely highly recommend. I I give it all the guns
1: all the guns two hours 32 okay so it's a long watch i'm keen i just realized it's james mangold who directed it and i I really enjoy a lot of his movies so logan uh the wolverine uh he did uh what else did he do there's another well 310 to yuma that's right i really love that movie so there's a a lot of stuff that he's directed uh the cast as you say fantastic i guess you know as i've sort of alluded to with my first and furious reviews i'm never that massive on cars but uh I feel like if it's well filmed, I think they, they can be really powerful. And with that cast and that director, why don't I why don't I chuck that on the list right there?
0: Yeah, I think so. Not only well filmed, like it's well told, and I think it actually like it keeps you interested the the whole way. And so there was three of us watching it in our house, and, and all of us were were completely hooked into the story, completely invested where it was going. We were all talking about it. Um, for a few days afterwards it's one of those movies where like you you know you want your tv hooked up to your sound system or something to really get the the full effect of the of the cars racing around the track but it's a it's a good time
1: i just noticed it's already on my list as well so i don't need to add it no great to hear and i love that what you talked about all three being hooked because so often there's always a giveaway sort of sign that maybe something hasn't quite hooked you in if if one person's on their phone every now and then or if if you don't talk about it afterwards at all so so everything you've talked about here all points to me potentially enjoying this
0: and then i've i've watched one other thing and i'm interested in a bit of listener feedback on this one so mm-hmm. i had a this is from a a recommendation recently this is a amazon prime tv show called utopia and it's basically a show about a group of young adults who meet online and get hold of a, a cult underground graphic novel, uh, which not only pins them um, as a target of a shadowy deep state organization, but also burdens them with a dangerous task of saving the world. And it's kind of, you know, on face value, got the type of things that I might enjoy. But I think this might be the first TV show in a while that I'm actually going to pull out of, unless somebody gets in touch with me and tells me to power on through I don't think I can do it. I've watched uh, four episodes. Okay. There's there's some great action, and if it wasn't for the action, I would have left long ago. But it's been recommended to me, and so I'm just wondering, should I be pushing through, listeners? I need to know.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see if the social media manager can also get the listeners in on that because – the four episodes you've got left to go rate about the same as the ones you've watched, according to a couple of different websites here. Interesting. I hate it when you get almost halfway in and you think, "Do I pull out?" Because you feel like you've invested that four hours already, and it's, uh, you know, you don't want to pull out too early because you, you may miss something good at the end. So let's uh, let's let's see what the listeners have to say about that.
0: Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> We're a professional podcast here, um, so definitely. Look, it's it's kind of. I kind of wanted to enjoy it. The trailer looked kind of interesting. Uh, it's got John Kusack in it. Mm. It's got, um, uh, Rain Wilson, who was Dwight in the Office. Like, it's it's got kind of the makings of something good. I understand it's a remake of a uh, of a an older TV show or old, older movie, but I'll be someone who's watched it. If you're a fan. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear whether I should keep watching or whether I'm doing the right thing. But it's it's really struggled to hold my attention. Um, and then finally, I'll leave The Walking Dead tour when we talk about it in um, mm-hmm. your round, Paul. Um, I, I have to confess, I haven't watched any Star Trek this week.
1: That's okay. I feel like you need a break anyway. It's like I, I, I can only do one Fast and the Ferris every sort of two to three weeks anyway. So I I get that when you're trying something new, you just got to give it a break, and sometimes when you have a break and you go back, you appreciate it even more. So, Hurricane apology, day, apology day. accepted, Captain Nita.
0: All right, so that's that's probably about me. I'm going to hand the reins back to you.
1: Well, Dan, you're talking about pulling out. I'm I'm coming in with with two things that I'm giving negative reviews straight away. I'm taking no prisoners this week. It's a it's, it's a role reversal. So. The first thing that I watched uh, is called Flood. So this is this is actually a two-part TV series. They're like ninety minutes each, so it's basically like three hours. But if you were to look it up online, it often appears as being just like an hour fifty or so, and that's because they took these two TV episodes and combined it and made it into uh, into one sort of like TV movie, if you like. But um, look, I was drawn into this by by three things. One. The plot itself sounded too good to to pass up up on. So, So check this out. This is the plot. When a raging storm coincides with high seas, it unleashes a colossal tidal surge, which travels down the River Thames and into central London. It's not a question of if, but when London will flood. So... Straight away I'm in. Secondly, the poster that accompanies that shows Big Ben, you know, the London Eye, and Houses of Parliament all half-submerged underwater. How can I, how can I not watch that? And then thirdly, it stars um, like a whole bunch of British um, well-known actors, uh, Robert Carlyle in the lead, and also Tom Hardy. So you know, you've got a Bond villain and a potential future James Bond together on screen. I'm in, and I, I love uh, the you know, a good disaster movie as much as the next guy. But this one. Ay, ay, ay. It's So sorry, but is this a movie or a TV show? But this is what I'm saying. They made it for TV. They made it across two episodes. It was made by ITV, one of the networks in the UK. They made two episodes. And again, depending on which website you look at it, it either shows as a movie or it shows as a TV show. And I watched it on Amazon Prime and they have it as two 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 parts each of them 90 minutes each and I actually think the reason that they may have gone with the movie version is because <laughs> it was just too long this three-hour thing was just way too long maybe the movie version is better I don't know it's scoring like 4.8 out of 10 as as an average um, I think when you go into disaster movie I don't know about you but for me I'm going in for some of those 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 classic scenes if you think about the one with Dwayne Johnson uh, with oh my goodness, when like the, the bridges, the, the, the dam is going over, I've forgotten what it's called now, bad example to choose. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible movie, but you're sort of coming for the action scenes. The, the ones with this one, the money shots, uh, London's iconic landmarks being swept away by waves. If you take all of the scenes that appear in this three hour thing, they literally add up to like two minutes. And even then, you know, they're, they're obviously computer gener- generated effects, you know, obviously. But the quality—it's it, it, not that convincing. It's okay, but and all of the scenes take place at night, so it's kind of like, you know I guess that makes sense to do it in the dark. But uh, it's oh,
0: just, I've never seen you so preach. Oh, it's not that convincing. <laughs> it's a, a computer <laughs> epics.
1: For anyone who, who oh. knows me well, I'm furious at this point. um But it's kind of like one of those classic ones where the trailer has most of the good bits in it um and it also possibly oversells tom hardy's role in it too because to be honest his role is is quite minor um but yeah even said that all of that would probably have been okay if the story was just better the you know if the production was better if the lighting was better if the music was like 100 times better um yeah it's i saw the rating was low it didn't put me off because often I find disaster movies people rate them quite poorly, or they're overly harsh. But not with this one. Uh, I think they were they were they were spot on with this one. So uh, yeah, I actually I remember thinking I would love to have watched this movie with with this TV special with someone like George Costanza because that would have been the only thing that would have made me feel better. Would have been coming out of it with someone else angrier than me. But on this occasion, I was George.
0: It's a shame when things like this happen because I think um, making this podcast poor, often when I'm watching something, well, I think the good thing about this podcast is it actually forces me to watch new things. Mm. Like I can easily kind of sit there staring at the Netflix screen, going scrolling over and over again while mm. I decide what to watch. But it's actually making me think, no, you're not, know give that a go, move on, give that a go, move on. But there's nothing worse, just like you said before, when you've sunk your time in. And I'm okay with mediocre. Not every movie has to be a blockbuster. But when you feel like you've regretted your time here, that's when it's disappointing.
1: It's it's really funny you say that because you're right ever since we started this podcast, you know, less than a year ago, whenever I'm watching something I'm sort of got one eye on it from from a podcast point of view and and occasionally I do think, "Ah, oh, I don't want to have to talk about this or, or or whatever." And that actually happened to me uh, recently with a a movie I watched um that I didn't even bring up on this podcast, but I'm just going to quickly mention it now, just simply because because um, you've, you've said what you've said, and it was called The Last Man, which is a movie starring um, Harvey Keitel and Hayden Christensen. I mean, I was drawn in again by the cast, thinking these two actors, I love them both for different reasons, and it's about a, a combat veteran with um, PTSD who's hallucinating building weapons in a secret underground. It had all the things for me, but Gee, that was awful as well. So I know exactly what you mean. You know, you're sort of watching things and thinking, "Oh, I'm going to have to talk about this." So uh, I would never have mentioned that movie, but uh, I did just simply because you talked about that.
0: Not good, not good. Just looking at the the Last Man right now, three point eight on IMDb.
1: Mm Hmm. Again, yeah, I don't like to be negative, but hey, not everything we're going to watch is going to be great, right, Jerry? (laughs) So um uh so the second thing not quite so negative so i've started watching season 4 of fargo uh which has been an exceptional tv show for the first 3 seasons all all 3 seasons have each appeared in my top 10 tv shows of uh, of the year now my caveat here is that we are only a few episodes in, so I don't want to make a. Fool you of are not
0: going to say something negative about Fargo, are you? I,
1: I know that I could lose my place on the podcast and that we may lose some sponsorship rights, wow. but um, I, we're I may be too early to judge, but the season just isn't hooking me in, and I guess I guess I am actually comparing it to the previous three seasons. It's like it's pretty slow. Have you Have you watched it, Dan? Have you started watching? It?
0: W- I've watched all three seasons, but I. Haven't started four only because I've kind of wanted to kind of save up a few so that I, because I feel like with Fargo almost, I know what you're about to say is you actually need a few to kind of get a good feel for it. Mm. And I didn't want to go too soon.
1: Okay, so you you know you're sitting there saying you're not about to say something bad about Fargo, but you haven't seen season four yet, Dan. So you know let's just let's, let's just simmer down a little because this thing Bridget. it's it's I I feel like I'm just not getting it like I did the previous season. So with like with season one, if you think about you know like Martin Freeman and uh, uh, what's his name, Billy Bob Thornton, you know they had me hooked in after one episode. That last season, I loved that third season with um, Ewan Mcgregor and uh, his partner, what's her name. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, it was just great, and it just instantly hooked me. And I can't put my finger on it yet. You know, I see. I actually see the ratings on IMDb are also a little bit down as well in previous seasons. So, so maybe it's not just me. The acting is is good. The production values again are good. The cast are good, but other than a few. One good liners. just I don't know. It's just the writing's just not quite there for me yet, and yet it's still Noah Hawley writing it, who's who's you know who's fantastic. So um, who knows? In a few episodes, I could be singing a different tune. So you know, like you say, let's not take a half measure. Let's come back but, and look at it when it's finished. No,
0: look, look. Um, it's tough, right? Because I think shows like Fargo, the bar is set so high, mm. and. Like there's a lot of pressure on the on you know I guess the the producers, the writers, the directors to constantly keep smashing it out, and I think the the challenge is, is audiences are fickle these days, right? Like you've got to keep entertaining us, you've got to keep showing us the goods, and it's almost only right that every now and again there's one that's not quite as good. Maybe it's the previous season, I think you're right. Like season one of Fargo is mm. top tier television. Mm-hmm season two and three well up there as well. Um so that's disappointing to hear. Hopefully it gets better. It reminds me a little bit of I don't know if you've ever watched uh True Detective.
1: I watched the first season and then dropped out in the second.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's another show that like gets a lot of um a lot of love from people, but it's actually quite a, a slow mm. watch as well. And it's the first season was, you know, definitely I think better, and then it's it's a show that you feel like you want to love, want to love it for what it is, but you have to kind of force yourself a little bit. Um, but look, how many episodes of Fargo are at four? Did you say?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think four, and we're only we're only two in, so yeah, I'm I'm coming in with a real early, early assessment, I guess. Oh well, fingers crossed it gets better. Mm. So, yeah. Other than that, I am i'm i'm into the final season as i said of breaking bad and the final season of, of seinfeld so that's that's two shows that uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna miss once I've, I've finished uh both of those um but yeah so moving into the the two shows that we've both watched and we're sort of doing episode by episode so the world uh, the, uh sorry the walking dead world beyond uh so this new this new series which uh follows this this group of youngsters sort of as a, as a first generation to grow up during the zombie apocalypse. Last week I talked about how the premiere I thought was too short. Well, now the second episode kind of suffers from the same thing. By itself, it doesn't feel like enough. I would have simply just preferred to have watched it um, those two in one sitting but it, it doesn't really ma- matter I don't have any negative feelings towards the episode itself I thought it was I thought it was good I thought it um, did what I'd expect a second episode to do in terms of setting the scene and getting to know the characters I think the quality of the cast is is really really good too the, the the four the four young actors and actresses who play that that core group I think they're exceptionally talented I think they're all really really good and they're all convincing me and I don't always feel that I get convinced by the, some of the young actors I think if we put things like things things aside a lot of shows it doesn't always work but this is working really really well i've seen a lot of negative reviews and comments online and i think a lot of it's unfair certainly i think it's a little bit early which is perhaps a little bit ironic from me coming in talking about fargo um, but i think i was comparing it to how i felt two episodes into the first season of the walking dead or two episodes into fear the walking dead i feel like this show is going is going well or as well as those shows were going at that point and people you know people are attacking the fact that these 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 characters um they're talking about them like they're like they're adults with huge life experience you know they're you know they're saying oh they they should be taking walkers down they're not going to take walkers down that easily you know that they're young they're learning and i I seem to remember a lot of characters struggled with their first kills uh in the other series as well so i think some people just need to simmer down there what do you think
0: i think yeah, I think uh, uh, multiple things, I guess. I think that because we have watched a lot of Walking Dead, Paul, like between the Walking Dead TV show, Fear the Walking Dead, now World Beyond, we're advanced zombie killers. Like, we, we know exactly what to do. Correct. Sweep the leg, stab them in the head. Now, I think for <laughs> when the first time that you're leaving the base, definitely a, a terrifying thing. And I think you know these these kids are sure they've had some some training and practice but to actually take down uh you know a dead but living thing it mm-hmm. would, would be a pretty intense thing when you when you really think about it um and i think always on the walking dead people are popping popping daggers and knives through heads like they're like they're hot butter but i actually think to to take down a zombie would you'd have to really have a bit of force and really have to commit to it and i think what we've seen in Hundreds of episodes of The Walking Dead is it only takes one misstep and you can be overwhelmed. You can trip. You can fall, and it can, it can be good night. So, I, look, I think you're right that they're they're only young, they're inexperienced, they, they're kind of growing. Um, I I enjoyed the second episode. Mm. I think they should have done the episode one, two, three all mm. at once for us Correct. because I think, or one and two, because. Again, I, I kind of felt like I was just getting into it, and the the episode came to an end. Um, I really actually enjoyed the the backstory of the the older um, guard, which I can't remember his name. Who who was going? Uh, who's going after the young kids? And just his basically his coming out story um, and the the terrible experience, which was, it was kind of heartbreaking. His experience with his dad and his mum. And I'm intrigued to see where the story goes. I did a bit of reading up on what you said, that this is only two seasons long. And according to, to Wikipedia, this, this is only going to be two seasons. Right. So I am I am intrigued about where this is all heading. And I feel like they must be doing it for a reason. They must be driving us towards a point. And it's, it's interesting knowing that because it makes me – have mixed levels of investment, knowing that we're only going to have two seasons of the show. Like, obviously, I'm still going to watch it, but what does it mean for all of these characters? What are we heading towards? Are these two seasons just that let's see how it goes, or is this no, because we're heading to a point?
1: Mm, No, interesting. I actually, I saw a report um, where Julia Orman, uh, who, you know, plays the uh, Elizabeth Kublick character, she she was quoted as saying that she was disappointed to find out that it was only two seasons. So that was why I thought, oh, maybe this rumor is true. And obviously, you've you've done more research than it is. So so then, I guess my only concern with the show is if it is if it is two seasons, then maybe the story will need to pick up speed uh, quite quickly, or not enough ground will be covered, and before we know it, just before you know, we'll, we'll have lost we we'll have lost it, and it'll be gone. And so uh, it needs to, if it is two seasons, it needs to tell. A really a really good story um there is you know there's a lot about the show that it does differently that I really enjoy and I like the way these these young kids are talking about themselves as being endlings you know the, the last generation of of a species I find that quite a, a fascinating conversation for for people to have, let alone being that young so um so yeah and i I like you, I also enjoyed the backstory for Felix um that was uh yeah quite quite good but if it's two seasons then i think people's uh patience with hearing backstories will will tire if they know that they've only got this group of people for a short period of time but i guess i guess we'll see perhaps the producers know a little bit more about this than than we do
0: indeed indeed look i'm looking forward to each episode i think the other thing that you've got to give it credit for is the the quality of the the walkers or the zombies or whatever we whatever they call them in, in the show like it's, it's definitely stepped up. You know, like we've had some some sketchy effects in the past, particularly um, CGI digital effects in Walking Dead. I always feel like the 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 live makeup effects have always been awesome, yeah. but in these um, twenty twenty versions, I think it's top notch.
1: Do you want to do you want to talk about the tiger and the Walking Dead, Dan? No, no, I didn't. I didn't think you did.
0: I'm I'm more upset about the deer in the in the garbage <laughs> junkyard than the tiger, but anyway.
1: I remember I remember the anger after that episode. And look, you're right; those first two first season of The Walking Dead, the the makeup and all the rest of it was really basic. If you go back into a rewatch, it's really hard to watch. So, uh, you know, this shows leaps and bounds ahead because it's got all the the, the production phase there, which is great.
0: It's funny uh, for all of the moaning that I like to do about the walking dead watching uh the world beyond with Samara it's actually kind of made us start sort of questioning should we go back to the original walking dead from the beginning should we should we are we about that it's and a, it's a like, good question it's almost like I want to but would I go all the way like would I just go up to like season seven or something or or would I I don't know but it's it, it kind of got us intrigued
1: it's, uh, we've we've gone through the rewatch twice now, at least twice, and uh could I be tempted to do a third? I think I'd be the same as you. I might get six seasons in, and then I I, I don't know if I could go on. But uh, anyway, that's that's a different conversation. Should we talk about um Should we talk about Fear the Walking Dead?
0: Yeah, so Fear the Walking Dead um, made a comeback. So this is the the first episode of season six. What a great episode! Mm. This is uh, if you're a Fear the Walking Dead fan, I feel like this is core Fear the Walking Dead. We've got Peak Morgan. Um, I felt like it was a real tight episode. A lot of interesting stuff happened. They introduced new characters, uh, made me care about them. Mm-hmm. They wrapped up some of the the, the Morgan story arc. They gave Morgan a new purpose by the end of the episode. In fact, the only critique I would have, and this would be more on myself than the episode, is I'd actually forgotten a lot of what had happened in at the end of Fear the Walking Dead. And I think that's because they've, they've given us finally the final episode of The Walking Dead. Yeah. I'm watching World Beyond. I remember watching Fear the Walking Dead, but I couldn't remember all the different pieces. And when we finally saw the 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 core villain at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And they all kind of uh, sunk into place for me. Yeah. So probably if you haven't watched, if you're a Fear the Walking Dead fan and you haven't watched it yet, maybe do yourself a favor and watch a, find, a, find a recap on YouTube. It'll probably be good for you.
1: Exactly. You this, exactly the same as what you said. Almost, I'd say, 100% what you just said. In fact, Diana and I were saying, oh, we couldn't remember what was going on. And then when the the swap van turns up, I'm like, ah, yeah, that's right. And I don't know why we didn't do it, because we often do. We do like to watch a recap. Actually, some of the shows on Amazon Prime, they make it real easy for you as well. They actually create an official recap for you to watch, which I think is just great. I mean, I think that's the way forward. And I'm going on the record here and saying this will be something that all TV shows on all networks and all streaming platforms will be doing soon. because. Because we're all watching so much that we just need a quick three-minute. Oh yeah, that's right. The quick highlights of what happened last season. Um, that's that's all we need. And look, within the first ten minutes last night, it really just dawned on me how well established this show is. You know, the character of Morgan, the law of his story, just everything. It just it just it felt like a a really well established show. And I guess I just feel like there was a there was a long time where this where Fear the Walking Dead and this, I say this with all due respect, but it kind of felt like the Walking Dead B team or something. I don't know. It was kind of, it's just totally unfair, but I think over the last season or two, certainly the last season five, it's really come into its own. And here we are with this season six premiere and it's hitting all the right notes straight away and real good, almost a good standalone episode. Um, honestly, if anyone's listening and you haven't watched Fear the Walking Dead or maybe any Walking Dead, or maybe you did and you gave it up. I think this is a, almost like a real good episode just to just to go in and watch for you know 45 minutes by itself it stands up Lenny James as as Morgan is superb and I feel like I'm more hyped about Fear the Walking Dead than ever in fact I almost say it's kind of it's in that number one spot for me and within the Walking Dead universe.
0: I, I I concur I think Fear the Walking Dead has had its ups and downs it has kind of played the the B team role and I, I I think from memory there was maybe half a season, which I I feel like maybe wasn't quite as good. But in general, Fear the Walking Dead's actually a a really quality show, and they've got a, They've got a few of the good actors from The Walking Dead. I, I think Morgan as a character has been awesome, and I think mm. I often think about Morgan and Carol in a in a similar category, and I think Morgan. What I loved about this episode is this was the real Phoenix moment for Morgan where his character kind of, you know, goes through an experience and 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 makes the choice to be something different. And I think that's what I want for Carol because I, I, I'm a big Carol fan deep down. I like, I like to be salty towards her, but I'm a big Carol fan and I want her to choose a path and stick with it. And I don't care if it's in a path she's already been down or, or a new character whatever it is, but just commit to it. And I think they've proven that it can work in fear. Let's do it in The Walking Dead. And just what, I know you're busting to get in there, Paul. One other thing, just on your, your point of trailers, actually, I actually think Netflix is really good at this. They often will give you a, a three-minute, here's what happened in the last season. My counter to that is watching Killing Eve on TVNZ. After every episode, they play you a trailer for the next episode. Mm. And at the start of the episode, they pre- they play you a previously, and it's like, get out of my face, TVNZ, you're killing me. Yeah. You're killing me.
1: Yeah. Well that's that's how they spoilt because I don't I never watched those, those 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 quick previews. And I know you do and I know I know that's how you got caught out with, with um Maggie returning in in The Walking Dead and then had like a a long, long wait before it actually sort of showed up. So uh Now, the reason I was busting to get in there before was the way you were sort of putting down the challenge to Carol, it just sounded like this was, you know, do we need to get in contact with her? Because it felt like another one of your personal development plans, you know, like, you know, choose a path, stick with it, and we'll monitor your progress as you go through. So uh, I totally agree with what you've said. One last thing on the Fear of the Walking Dead, I really liked the new opening credits, just sort of like the the music, because I've always felt that the first few seasons was really bizarre how they did that with that, just that noise, no music. I think they've they've got that much better now. So um, yeah, a real good a real good episode. And I've just gone online; it's it's rating at it nine point one out of ten. And I've just also flicked through all five of the previous seasons, and this is the highest rated episode of all time for *Fear the Walking Dead*. So yeah, a great episode. And that guy, um, Demetrius Gross, who played Emile DeRoe, the guy who comes in with the axe, what a great character and um, as gutted as I was to see what happened to him, uh, we are giving spoilers here. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a great, a great, great piece of acting from him. Actually, on the subject of spoilers, if anyone's not a Walking Dead fan, do remember that we do put in the show notes uh, the running order of things, and you can scrub ahead to miss out these bits if it's not for you. Definitely,
0: definitely. And and you know what, because there's so much Walking Dead on, um, it's hard for us not to talk about it. I think we need to acknowledge, Paul, um, I think last week when we talked about the return of Walking Dead um, with season 10 and the the final episode and then the continuation of the the six episodes. And I I can't quite recall what we said in the episode Mm. about I was definitely under the impression that those six new episodes Mm -hmm. were coming out right now and I was heartbroken to find out that they're actually not coming out till next year but I guess it makes sense because there's so much other Walking Dead stuff out at the moment it would be overkill to have three at once
1: it makes absolute sense but at the same time the way they advertised it and the way people were also talking not just us but people were talking about having three series running concurrently they didn't make it clear and so I was just doing my nut trying to find the episode the other night to the point where i was just ready to call tv and said i mean i don't like calling anyone but that's how desperate i was and so it was disappointing because when you when you've got it in your mind that you're going to watch a show that is close to your heart and then suddenly it's not there and you've got to wait what at least i don't know two or three months it's gutted gutted good So the one last thing I wanted to talk about just before we go into our movie of the week um, is a podcast that I've been listening to, and I've really enjoyed it. I think you might enjoy it as well, Dan, and I certainly think uh, some of our listeners might enjoy it as well. So I just wanted to quickly talk about it. This is a podcast called... um, Criterionauts, and uh, the podcast description uh, goes as such. So brave film explorer comrades, Joey Reinish and Chris McCaleb, journey to the far reaches of cinema. In each mission, they analyze, report, and criticize a film from the Criterion Collection, hopefully maintaining their sanity in the presence of extreme motion picture brilliance or something. And so the, the Criterion Collection, since 1984, this is something that's been dedicated to publishing Uh, important classic and contemporary films from around the world in editions that offer the highest technical quality and award-winning supplements and so on. So no matter whether it's Laserdisc, DVD, streaming or Blu-ray, whatever, Criterion has maintained its commitment to presenting each film as its maker would want it seen in state-of-the-art restorations and and special features and so on. So, uh, so it's, um, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm almost advertising, uh, a podcast that does something like we do, but they've they've got a different format, and you know obviously the movies that they're choosing have to be part of the the, the Criterion collection, and some of the recent episodes they've done, you know, they've, there's some really um, far-reaching ones. So they did The Blob from 1958, uh, they did Dead Ringers 1988, there was The Last Temptation of Christ. There's been they've only done a couple of episodes this year, um, but both the hosts are really really good. Uh, Chris McCaleb, uh, Jernio Reinish are actually both editors working in Hollywood. So Chris McCaleb, for example, he's done episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. He's done episodes of Narcos, Patriot. Um, he did an episode of Breaking Bad. And he's also done a whole bunch of episodes on, on Better Call Saul. And and Jerry Reinish uh, has done Better Call Saul. He did the El Camino movie. And anyway, so I I first heard about these guys as you probably just guessed through through Better Call Saul. So I listened to the the Better Call Saul podcast, uh, the Insider podcast that um, Chris Chris hosts, and um, that was how I sort of got into listening to these guys. And then I sort of looked at other stuff they did, really worth a listen. And they have a whole bunch of podcasts at um, Explosomagico dot com. Um, it's really great fun, and I think it's 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 quite a nice companion podcast alongside what how we do our thing it's 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 a good laugh after to check it out, I love a good podcast
0: recommendation
1: Hm mm, criteria knots
0: cool, so that must just about take us to the the movie of the week.
1: indeed, so each week, Dan and I take turns to choose two movies and then we present those two movies to the other, and whoever picks we watch and so each week we, we we post the movie of the week that we're watching in our discord channel uh, so if you want to join our um, discord community um, we post it in there and then you can watch along and then listen to the review which we're about to do now and uh this week dan what did you what did you choose for us
0: so this week we've gone with the 2019 movie alita battle angel so A little quick synopsis of that movie. So several centuries in the future, the abandoned Alita is found in the scrapyard of Iron City uh, by Ido, a compassionate cyber doctor who takes the unconscious cyborg Alita to his clinic. When Alita awakens, she has no memory of who she is, nor does she have any recognition of the world she finds herself in. As Alita learns to navigate her new life in the treacherous streets of the Iron City, Ido tries to shield her from her mysterious past. So this is a movie directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, produced and written by uh, James Cameron. Mm. Uh, It's got some pretty big names behind it. It's a movie that didn't do overly well at the box office, um, but is making a bit of a, a comeback. I think those people that have watched it have largely enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Paul, what did you think?
1: This one's been on my watch list for a long time, actually. Um, I'm a fan of Robert Rodriguez's movies. Well, some of them, at least, anyway. They, you know, the old Mariachi trilogy and the Planet Terror. There's a whole bunch that I've enjoyed. And obviously, I'm a Jim Cameron fan. So I was delighted when you had this one as, as Movie of the Week. And I can honestly say this is probably, since we've been doing Movie of the Week, probably the most fun and enjoyable movie that we've ever done. this movie really, really impressed me.
0: I am yeah. Look, I'm the same. I feel like it's been sitting there on uh, it's on Neon for those in New Zealand uh, as a as a free to watch. I guess if you if you're a subscriber, so not free. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great effort for Neon. It's free to watch if you're a subscriber.
0: <laughs> it's. Um, I think it's got a it's got a great cast. It's got a real kind of Terminator vibe to me. I, I didn't really know what the the plot was about this but I just re- I really enjoyed it from start to finish there's some great action there's some great human moments uh I think the great villains everything about it is it's a really fun time and I think what they've done in the is they've they've really set it up to be a a series of movies Mm -hmm. and I really really hope that we do get more because I think the story they've told us is just the start and I feel that there's so much of this universe to explore and find out more about and I feel like it's it's not very often these days that you get a movie like this where you want to know more about it you want to know more of the universe you want to to find out different things and I, I think they've they've got so many great components going for this movie that I would hate to see it not go anywhere.
1: Correct, correct. You've 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 stolen some of my lines. Remember how I said I made notes? That was exactly one of the notes I wrote, and that was around please let there be a sequel because um, they've really set it up nicely for one. And in fact, this movie itself, I felt, could have, maybe should have been two films. There's, I felt like there was actually so much going on at times that some scenes almost... Felt insignificant on reflection, but that's simply because there wasn't the time to sort of explore what was going on within that particular scene. So some of it maybe felt a little rushed. If I was to give it any minor criticism, but yeah, I'm definitely keen for a, a, a sequel. There's such a a great story at the heart of this movie, and um, you know, even if I do pull it apart, you know, and, and question some of the scenes, Alita basically does all of the the right things for me in terms of what i wanted from this movie i can't wait for a sequel it looks great the effects are really good robert rodriguez was given apparently the biggest budget he's ever worked with for this movie he only directed it because james cameron was was committed to to all the avatar sequels and uh he 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 was having a conversation with rodriguez and basically said that he was committed to doing these avatar sequels to finish his career and it was actually rodriguez who was aware that he had a leader uh, on the go and he was like well what about this movie and it basically came about from that conversation where he just i'm not gonna say he gave it to him but you know essentially that was that was how it sort of started so um yeah it's uh just a, a really great story that touches the hat and it get, you know, there's an emotional connection um yeah I'm, I'm i'm curious now to go back and have a look at some of the other stuff because this comes from a from a from a comic series uh a japanese manga um comic called battle angel alita um and there was also an animated version of the movie made in 93 which has an identical plot based on what i just read on imdb um there's a rumor going around that james cameron's movies always like to start with an a or a t so like aliens abyss avatar or terminator true lies titanic and so rather than it being called battle angel alita they switched it to a later Battle Angel, so that James Cameron could keep his A. I don't know if that's just a rumor or, or what, but I thought that was quite interesting too. I loved it.
0: Yeah, no, it's a. I actually think it's a movie that, even though it's kind of been out for a while, I didn't really know what I was in for. It kind of the the few scenes that I had seen kind of had a bit of an, an anime vibe to it, and I mm. I, I was going like, what, what what am what am I watching here? But, it, but I think it's. It's really got, I think, a lot to enjoy. It reminds me also a little bit of the Sarah Connor Chronicles, um, for some reason. Um, I think just because of the 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 lead um, Alita is um, uh, Rosa Salazar. It, like it's just such a, such a great such a great character. Yeah. So so well done. So well acted. Great mix of CGI. Again, I, I give it all the guns. I don't think you could go wrong watching this. In fact, you should watch it because those stats are probably going to really help them decide whether they're going to continue this story.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's had nearly uh, a quarter of a million people rate this one on IMDb, for example. And, you know, it's it's trending at 7.3. I would, I would go higher than that, to be honest, like you. Um, give it all the guns. Um, Christopher Waltz's character, I really enjoyed him in this as well um something a bit different from what i've i've i mean i've only really seen him in the tarantino movies or 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 james bond uh jennifer connelly was good there were there was a whole bunch of things that i kept questioning like this was set like really far in the future like the 26th century and yet there was still there's some great things like there was still like a, a one wheeled motorcycle going around which sounded like it had a petrol engine and it was still a tire on the ground and so there were some things there that normally or often when you watch a futuristic movie those sort of things have progressed and you don't have that sort of technology but there was a nice mix of the old and the new in this one and it all blended really 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 well great movie
0: i, I think a uh, great call on christopher waltz because he is a character who you often are used to, well for me i i feel like i'm used to seeing him as the villain and his acting from particularly uh Inglorious Bastards. Whenever I see his character, I, I'm waiting for kind of the, the twist of the knife. Um and it's it was great to see him as, as kind of the good guy. I think the other actor that I'm really excited about in there is Mahashala Ali who played Vector and so he was the one of the I'm pretty sure he's one of the bad guys in the Luke Cage Moo TV series
1: correct he played cottonmouth
0: yes great yeah. great, great great um and so uh, such a such a great actor i i, I think we've, we've seen more and more of him all the time um he's he's got lots to offer and i i think he he did a great job playing a villain he
1: he was fantastic and in fact the reason i knew who's cottonmouth is because we were having the same conversation and i immediately after we watched this movie i uh, i YouTubed a montage scene of him <laughs> As Cottonmouth just laughing, and someone has edited together all the Cottonmouth laughs from Luke Cage. If you if you've watched that show, and if you like it, you'll know what I mean. It's well worth the watch. He was great. Also great was Jeff Fahey, who I don't see that often, but he always he always crops up in Robert Rodriguez movies. So he was there in in Planet Terror. Uh, he also showed up in a couple of other movies. Uh, he was most famous in the Lawnmower Man. Um, I always enjoy seeing him. He was great.
0: Just one other thing on um, Mahershala Ali is he's also going to be Blade in the upcoming uh, Marvel movies, which I think is going to be awesome. Mm. Those movies have been pretty heavily delayed because of all of the, the COVID stuff, but he's in one of the the future Marvel Cinematic Universe um, series is to be launched. So it's going to be great. Very nice. Cool. So your turn this week, Paul. Movie of the week. I'm looking forward to it. The bar's high.
1: The bar is the bar is really high. This was a great call. I love it when you send me movies where I'm really keen to see either of them. So it makes it a real a real fun choice. So um yeah, great stuff.
0: Cool. So we must be over to the newsroom.
1: That is right, Dan. What have you got for us? <laughs> see how I did that? pass the <laughs> straight back
0: all right all right i've got a a couple of things and actually while we're on the the subject of alita battle angel is so it's about to be re-released in theaters in america which i think is 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 really cool um and they're re-releasing it to try and obviously there's a bit of a a movie drought on as we've talked about a lot on this podcast it's also they're trying to get a few more eyeballs on it and it's interesting because uh uh, a GoFundMe um, campaign started the other day to basically get a, a billboard set up to promote uh, Elite Battle Angel. And it basically, it had a pretty pretty small goal, I think of about $1,500. US And they met that goal within about an hour. And so there's about $3,000 now in this fund to put a billboard up so that people know that it's it's coming back to theatres. They're going to use some of the extra money to do some YouTube advertising. They're going to give the, any leftover money to a couple of different charities. And I just think it, it's awesome that a, a the I think they call themselves the Alita Army has sort of got behind this and tried to promote a film they really care about for the exact reason that we're just talking about. They really want people to see it. They want people to enjoy it and they want a sequel. So I think it's pretty pretty cool news, pretty cool story. Um, great that they're able to raise the, the funds they needed so quickly.
1: Nice. I like
0: that. Uh, what else have I got? What else have I got? Paul, you're probably a, a Coming to America fan. from back in the oh, probably 80s, early 90s. It's
1: coming to Amazon, isn't it?
0: Coming to, coming to Amazon this Christmas. So Coming to America 2.0 which I, I guess they don't need to do because it's coming to America. That's clever. I see what they've done there. Is my brain works it out in real time. Um, the the follow-up to Coming to America uh, with Eddie Murphy, that's coming out this December on Amazon Prime. I think it's the perfect type of movie for Amazon Prime. It's the type of movie where I'm definitely probably not going to pay to go and see it at a movie theater. I definitely probably don't want to go to a movie theater given the state of the world, but I would love to watch it at home. So I imagine it'll probably do pretty well given given the the lack of new movies coming out these days?
1: That's just, I think that's, with all due respect, that's probably the biggest reason why it will do well, because of the lack of things going through. I had coming to America on my list of things to talk about as well, and if it's caught both of our eyes, that tells you, with all due respect, that there's not a lot of news out there.
0: Mm-mm, definitely. Look, I actually don't think there is a lot of I've only got two other things that I don't want to talk about. So one other one is that um Banda Brothers. So I know you and I are big fans of the the Banda Brothers TV series, which mm. is getting pretty old now, but there's actually they're working on a, a new series which is going to come out next year. Um it's gonna span eight hours and it's gonna cost about two hundred million uh to make. So I'm excited. It's I will definitely take more Band of Brothers any day of the week. So can't wait, can't wait. It's definitely going to be on my watch list as soon as that drops. Oh, I'm bored. In fact, Band of Brothers is one of those those TV shows I probably watch about once a year.
1: It's so good. It's It's top tier. I know we keep threatening to talk about our top ten TV shows of all time, but it really it's it's a hundred percent in that list. It's it is the greatest, and I've always said about how I love how they sandwich the the footage. Uh, they bookend each episode with the the actual guys from Easy Company. It's just it's it's, it's one of the greatest of all time. So actually, it, it's making me think why have I not watched The Pacific? Because that's been out a long time. That was part of the Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. You know, uh, why have I not watched that? I need to get amongst that as well.
0: I feel like, do you know what would actually make it easier for me to watch right now is if I could watch it on a streaming platform. I feel like having to get the discs out and mm. I feel like it's just it's a, it's a it's a it's a small barrier, but still a barrier.
1: It's a lot of effort, right?
0: It's a lot of effort. All right, final bit of news from me. So this is another bit of news from the um, from the Batman movie set. So this is going to be hard for listeners because I'm, I'm looking at a photo that's just been released um but bear with me use your imaginations so this is a shot of uh the caped crusader robert robert patterson in his batman outfit next to his bat cycle but on his leg is a holster with a gun in it and naturally the internet has done what the internet does. They've gone a bit crazy. Yeah. Why has Batman got a gun? What's going on? What is this world? I don't know whether it's news. I don't know if I care. I just thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, we obviously live in a, in a melting pot of chaos right now. So why wouldn't Batman has a gun? Have a gun? And I think from the you know this is what do we say year year two Batman. Yeah. You know maybe he needs a gun. Maybe you know he's got to he's got to learn some some Morgan type lessons before he truly becomes the Batman that we all know.
1: I was thinking maybe if you cast your mind back to 1989's Batman, when uh, Batman and Vicky Vale are looking to escape, and he pulls out a gun and it looks like his gun, and then the 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 barrel splits into two, and it fires off his uh, I don't know what you call those things, the things that latch onto things way what a great description when he, yeah, you know, do you know
0: what's great for people at home is paul has got his arms stretched out <laughs> yeah. like, like he's firing the um he's firing the gun i can't think of the word either like a, a great gra- gra- thank you
1: that's exactly what yeah and it's, so it looks like a gun but it's actually just firing the grappler and it fires it into two different directions and then i think the joker says i think that's when he says where does he get those wonderful toys actually i think that's the moment but uh maybe that's what it is because if it is a gun there's going to be a lot of backlash from the purists and there are people and i don't count myself amongst them who simply will never get past that point they will say they've destroyed everything about the character and whilst i get where they're coming from i i think it's really interesting that they've released this because it's obvious that they've done it almost deliberately they know what's in that photo they know what people are going to pick up on so it's like they're it's like they're looking to create the news
0: I'm I'm into it. I'm into this anarchy. Um and I'm into it because when we saw the trailer, we've got the Nirvana song cranking, we've got heads been heads been neck's been snapped. Mm. Um why not have a gun in there? Let's get let's get crazy. You know, we we've seen the same Batman for for many years. Let's let's see what Robert Patterson can do. I don't he's not gonna be using the gun like you'd see in a um Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry type movie. It's going to be just a, a specialist tool in his, like, in his arsenal. So I, th- I think Batman can be trusted.
1: You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. All right, Paul, over to you. Um, what have I got here? So Whoopi Goldberg has confirmed Sister Act 3 is happening 30 years later. I'm opening for that, right? Um, Hallelujah. But I, I'm still excited because I just remember laughing at those movies. Quite a lot at the time when I watched them. Uh, the Mandalorian dropped another teaser trailer streaming uh, today uh, for the um, you know the the new season two, which is uh, coming out later this month. That looked pretty good. I've done well at avoiding all of the Star Trek trailers, but I cannot help myself with the Mandalorian for some reason. It seems to be uh, my my kryptonite in that regard. Uh, Paul. Have you finished watching The Mandalorian? I know you started it. No, so oh, so that's another thing we've been watching. We we watched a, another couple of episodes, so we've now got three left to go. So we're just stretching them out across these this last fourteen days or whatever we've got left to go through to uh, to the premiere. But um, it's each time it's great, and it's like. It's like a it's like a bag of lollies, a bag of sweets, a bag of candy. If I have the whole thing in front of me, I just want to eat the whole lot, and then I'll regret it instantly afterwards. So I have to just take a few lollies out at a time. It's a terrible analogy, but that's how I'm having to treat the Mandalorian. Otherwise, I'm just going to I'm just going to gorge on it, and no one needs to see that. Um, do you know what? You've just put me right off my track of what I was what I had there. I had a couple of news stories that I thought were were quite interesting, and they've just this is why I should have more than one tab open at any one time uh so oh here we go here we go oh yeah so that's right the the trailer for season four of the crown uh teaser trailer came out again this week um introducing uh the the diana charles elements uh, a lot more than we've, we've seen previously um looks pretty good uh helena bonham carter looking fantastic in that it looks yeah it's, it's coming out very very soon in fact so uh i'm I'm definitely going to be on board with that, so expect to hear me talking about that. Uh, I think that's uh, that's all I've got this week, Dan. I think I did have some other things, but I've lost them now, so there's a half measure for you. Gone.
0: In that case, then, it must be time for the mailbag.
1: Indeed. So, let's have a look. So, we'll start off with Young Wallander. So, our social media manager posted um, the review of Young Wallander on Twitter last week, and it obviously caught the eye of the casting director for the show. So Sophie Holland, who not only cast the the show Young Wallander, but she's also the casting director on, on Thor and also The Witcher. So she was the one who cast Henry Cavill. She's got a lot of followers on the basis that they love the fact that she cast Henry Cavill. Can't imagine why. Anyway, Sophie tweeted our review uh act to her followers and she added uh, a comment to her followers saying i've become obsessed with podcasts from the creatives in the in, in the entertainment industry this will be a great one to check out and then she's got a podcast below in our link so there you go dan not only is half measures a great podcast to check out we're also a creative in the entertainment industry
0: creatives yeah. in the entertainment industry that's they won't be pushing it, but I I'll take it.
1: This I'll take it. This billboard of ours, this half measures podcast billboard is writing itself. We've got Jim Field Smith saying a you know, a thoughtful discussion. We've got we've got people from movies, we've got we've got someone from Young Mollander. Um it's great um and what was funny was instantly after she tweeted that we then had four young aspiring actors all start following the podcast instantly afterwards (laughs) so i'm not sure i'm not sure um if they're listening now but if they are you know you made the right choice um what else have i got here uh oh yeah so we were talking earlier about um walking dead world beyond um and the character hope from that uh, series, uh, one of the one of the the great young characters, the actress Alexa Mansor, who plays that character, she added our review post to her Instagram story, which was great. In fact, her adding us to her story is likely how our Will Beyond post actually got added to the the trending stories hashtag on Instagram, which was was pretty cool that's never happened before you know like when the, you have those things trending and it was in like the top 10 for a, I think a, an hour or so which was which was pretty exciting um, unless I've missed any emails though um, I didn't hear anything else specifically for this week's mailbag which may also be on my part I just haven't checked but uh, our social media manager was however very pleased to advise me that we now have over 100 people following us on instagram which is which is pretty cool because we get a lot of interaction over there from our listeners so if you're not already following us why not add us um at half measures podcast on your instagram feed stay connected with us there and if you'd like to get involved in the mailbag then keep in touch with us either via instagram or facebook or twitter at half measures pod we would love to hear from you
0: awesome the only other bit of um mail Should I call it male? This is Samara yelling it at me that her favorite uh, Drew Barry, Drew Barrymore movie is Ever After. And then proceeded to make me look on every platform to see where that movie was there. And it's not. Afro New Zealand, stop your search. Maybe bring it back. Maybe don't. Then I'm going to have to watch it.
1: That was, yeah, okay. The Cinderella story. Yeah, okay. I. I did watch that. I haven't seen that probably since it came out in 98. But uh, good chance, Samara. like it. So, peak performances.
0: It's that time again. It is. So every week, uh, Paul and I choose an actor and an actress, and we choose what we think are their peak performances. we It's often a way to remind us of some of our our favourite movies from yesteryear. Um, Just like the movie of the week, we take turns um, choosing, and this week it was Paul. Paul, who are your nominations?
1: Nominations this week are Charlize Theron and Tom Hanks.
0: Great choices, great choices. Who would you like to start us with this week?
1: Let's start with Charlize Theron.
0: All right, so I say it every week. Great, great back catalogue. A lot of great movies in there. A lot of great choices. I think for me, there's... Oh, it's it's tough. A couple of runner-up options for me. First of all, I'm going to give her, um, Charlize a shout-out for her quite brief, but I think um, very touching role in the movie The Road, which mm. is a, a bit of a, a dark... Dark, depressing film from two thousand and nine. Obviously, a book before then. And Charlize isn't in this film for very long, but I think she she leaves a mark. And when I think of that movie, I definitely think of her of her character as the mum. My actual runner up though is going to be for um, Charlize's role in the oh, when did this movie come out? It's, uh, it's the two thousand and four movie Monster. Mm. So. This is a movie where, if you haven't seen it, this is not the Charlize Theron that we are used to seeing in movies. This is a deglamorized, raw performance about a serial killer. It's pretty incredible. I've only actually seen it once, but it's definitely stuck with me. And I think what it really, for me, really demonstrates um, Charlize's sort of range as an, as an actress Um, shows some of the different things that she can get involved in. But for me, when I I really, truly think hand on heart, peak performance, Charlize Theron, what what am I going for? I'm going for Mad Max, Fury Road. So this is uh, Charlize Theron as Furiosa. Um, Just a fantastic movie. Fantastic role. She's a complete badass. Everything about it, I really love. I know they're working on a a prequel to that movie, which is going to be about Furiosa. Unfortunately, it's not going to have um, Charlize Theron in it, from what I understand, mm. but I, w- I would welcome seeing more of um, Furiosa. How about you, Paul?
1: Look, I, I have to agree with pretty much everything you've just said there. Some of her really gritty performances are right up there for me. You know, Mad Max, even though... Yeah, that movie was totally insane, and for me, a lot of the time made no sense. But what a great ride! What a performance! And just, just that's 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 almost like the definition of a Saturday night popcorn movie. Just those 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 crazy vehicles, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think I think my favorite movie that she's in is probably Prometheus. Um, but so I, I actually, was, I was really disappointed that her character didn't make it. To star in, in in Alien Covenant, but uh, in terms of her her best performances, there's a number of things up there. We recently saw her in The Old Guard; really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I spotted because you know you go through the catalogue. I spotted that she's actually in the Fate of the Furious, so I've yet mm-hmm. to see that movie. So uh, she's obviously joining that franchise. Incredible. Um, yeah, there's there's so much in here that you've mentioned. The Road, I love that little cameo as well. Uh, North Country. Is possibly a runner-up contender for me. She was, she was really, really strong in that. My goodness, she was in the Italian job. That's right. That's going back a while, isn't it? The, okay, so the winner for me though is the what you mentioned as your runner-up there, or at least monster. Her role in that, is, as you said, just really fantastic. It's a really bleak, depressing movie. You know, as you say, she's unrecognisable. But just really incredible, and another one of those those rare times I think where the academy got it right. You know, giving her the 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 Oscar for Best Actress. Um, yeah, just a, a really powerful role. Like you, I've only seen it once, but it, it. You know, when when I look at all the movies she's done, and I think what's stuck with me, other than Prometheus, because I love Prometheus. Uh, it's simply down to performance. It's it's monster for sure.
0: Great choices. Great choices, Paul. Um, yeah, I thought Prometheus was definitely a, a good call. And I wanted to give a, a call out to Fast and the Furious, but I didn't want to spoil it for you just in case you haven't <laughs> got
1: that far. That's still to come.
0: So our other peak performance for Tom Hanks. So Tom Hanks, another amazing back catalogue. I think Tom Hanks is I don't know this because I don't know Tom Hanks, but he looks like a genuinely nice guy. Mm. And he looks like the type of guy that you would, if you saw him on the street, he'd definitely take a selfie with you. He'd definitely give you an autograph. I, I imagine he's lovely to the other actors and actresses on set. And he's just got so many movies in, um, you know, Forrest Gump, um, Cast Away. But the the movies for me that that really stand out, is I've actually got a, a third, second, third here. So third, I'm going to go with the the '99 movie, The Green Mile, um, where where Tom Hanks plays one of the the prison guards, and I think just such a a great movie. I, like Tom Hanks really pulls at the heartstrings. He really takes you on a bit of an emotional journey. For my second movie, it's actually a series of movies. Is I'm gonna give it to him for Toy Story, so I think his role is Woody in Toy Story. Incredible, mm. incredible, and it's a. You forget it's like when, when you're watching Toy Story. For me, I forget it's Tom Hanks, but it's so, you know, it is Tom Hanks. So it, it's so pure. It's so wholesome. I think. He embodies the Woody character so well. It's, it's almost my number one, almost. And the But the movie that slightly edges it out for me, and this is in the, the Band of Brothers category, really, it's Saving Private Rhyme. This, for me, is one of my all-time favourite World War II movies. Mm-hmm. I think what they did with the D-Day landing, absolutely incredible. I think um, Band of Brothers, obviously... Builds on that to a to a much deeper level, but I think Saving Private Ryan did it first. I think the role um, Tom Hanks plays as a Captain John Miller, as a kind of you know the mild mannered teacher is it's just so good. And I I think it, it, again it's like it's it's a war story, but it's a great emotional story. Uh, it's a movie I can watch at at any time, um, and it's yeah peak performance for me.
1: It's great. Uh, look, you know how you're saying, Oh, we always say this a lot, you know, have a great back catalogue. I think one thing I've said a few times now, and I this is a bit naughty, I feel like he's genuinely one of the all-time greats, like just just absolutely exceptional. And I was just looking back through the movies, just so many, just so many big, Sleepers in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, so, yeah just doesn't matter where you turn cast away another great movie road to perdition catch me if you can terminal it's it's it just goes on and on and i've only got up to, to 2007 i the, we actually had a request from one of our listeners um diana who lives in the wellington region here in new zealand uh she was the one who actually said uh she wanted to do a, a peak performance for tom hanks so that's how it got selected for this week so you know we do listen to our listeners uh my my runner-up will be apollo 13 um and it was so nearly my winner but it, it just got beaten out at the last moment i felt everything that jim Lovell was going through in that movie thanks to tom hanks performance just the anxiety of dealing with this complex problem whilst thousands of miles away from other humans in space come on man that's that is that is great tension. I had a whole bunch of things that I thought were out there for the winner. I really like the terminal. Um, it's probably not one of his better known movies, but I thought he was he was just absolutely uh, fantastic in that. I was hoping that you might have Captain Phillips on your list just because I like it when you do your 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 impression of one of the characters in that movie. Um, but uh, for me the the winner is Sully. Look at me. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, and I'm the captain at this point, Dan. Uh, so Sully, um, a movie I've actually now seen three times, uh, and it's only been out since 2016, so that, that's, that's quite incredible in itself, I think. Another one of those I watched with my parents. You know, it's a classic parents movie. Um, so that the story of uh, Sully, the, the pilot who became the hero after landing that damaged plane in the, the Hudson River, uh, obviously a really strong story, being a true story and such a recent story, um, but just the emotions he goes through in that movie, uh, how all the scrutiny he's under at the same time as being labelled a hero, you know the, the airline's basically just trying to put blame on him. I just found his performance in that just to be exceptional, and it's really, really hard to sort of separate that out from the other movies that I've listed. I had Toy Story up there as well uh yeah i don't know where to go with that but sully with a close apollo 13 runner-up
0: i love it when we're different paul i love it it's good
1: there was always a strong chance with tom hanks that's the thing right because there's just so many good movies it's um that's 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 the biggest credit we've come out with two different winners and two different runners up so it's great correct look (laughs) correct (laughs)
0: Uh, fun times, fun times. Well, Paul, that probably just about brings us to the end of episode
1: 34. does indeed. And our thanks once again to Time Travelling Team Podcast for sponsoring today's episode. And if you would like to be a sponsor of an episode of Half Measures, drop us a line at halfmeasurespodcast.com and also make sure you join our Discord community to keep up with the latest news and chats. In fact, most of the news that I get this week seems to come through the Discord community. It's actually now a regular source of news for my listeners, which is great. So thanks to the guys in there.
0: We could probably almost put um, Sador from the Discord channel permanently on the news.
1: We could. He's just all over Let it. him keep the news desk, but then he'll want to he'll want a cut of the pay as well. And the social media manager must come first, right, right? right?
0: We run a it's totally in a business model for that. Correct. Also, uh, uh, speaking of business models, a special shout out to our Patreon producers of the show, Samara King and Trisha Brady. If you too would like to become a Patreon, help keep the lights on here at the Half Measures podcast office, then um, go to Half Measures, sorry, go to patreon.com forward slash Half Measures. Paul's laughing at me. Notes are down below anyway, so always better to rely on them than to rely on what we're saying. It's all over the place.
1: Maybe you could read from the notes for once, you know. I mean, one of these days we'll do it, right. right?
0: Well, Paul, until next week. Adios.